for one of the most beautiful and playable custom acoustics on the planet, look no further than Ed Rice at Toeir Guitars. Ed is a true artist, transforming exotic woods into magnificent, sweet-sounding instruments. Go to toeirguitars.us, that's T-O-I-R-G-U-I-T-A-R-S.us, and contact Ed today. Hey everybody, Brad and I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for the support. Please continue to listen and share this podcast on all platforms that you can. And if you'd like to support us monthly, we're set up now where you can go to anchor.fm slash Top Hill Recording. Hit the support button, 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Now back to the podcast. Top Hill Recording Podcast, episode 42. What's up, Neil? What's up, man? How you doing? Good. Can you believe it's snowed today, though? (laughs) I don't know if I'm ready for that. I'm not at all. (laughs) Trust. I'm not at all. (laughs) Not even close. We've got uh, another great guest tonight. A few guests, as a matter of fact. Got the band Gemma here with us, and we've got four members. Is that correct? That's right. Why don't you guys, since there's four of you, why don't you guys just go ahead and introduce yourselves for us? I'm Jordan. I play keyboard and percussion, a little bit of singing, and whatever else. Jack of all trades. (laughs) Yes, uh, this is Thomas. I play drums only. (laughs) And, and, And he's also my husband, and he didn't say that? Yes. Oh yeah, Uh-oh. most most important, obviously. You lead with that, Thomas. And Thomas uh sings sometimes too. Oh, see, he played he, he downplayed himself. That's what drummers yeah. do, though. Drummers yeah, do totally. that. They're used to being on the back row. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Cameron. I play lead guitar. Lead guitar player. Cameron, do you sing? Does what about that? Does the whole band sing? Yeah, I sing sometimes too. Oh, occasionally. My gosh. <laughs> All right. And this is Shelby. I sing and play guitar. So we got Jordan, Shelby Thomas, sings Shelby the most. Cameron. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shelby is the singer, huh? Yes, sir. I'll call it. <laughs> All right, Neil, we're going to go with an old favorite tonight. Uh-oh. Pulled out some Elijah Craig. Oh, yeah, man. I'm ready. Let me pour you one there. I know you've been out walking in the snow. I tell you, man. Hey, and, uh, you know, good episode to do at 42. We've got the Jackie Robinson episode. Elijah Craig's the one of our favorite go-tos, so we'll call this one the uh, Cheers to Jackie Robinson there episode you go. 42. Cheers, Neil. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, Gemma. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having us. And why don't you guys start out? I'll tell you what, we'll start with uh, ladies first. We'll start with Jordan. Perfect. Jordan, why don't you tell us a little bit about your first memories of music, what you remember about music early, and when did you realize music was going to be an important part of your life? Oh, geez, getting deep on me. That's where we start. (laughs) That's the start of the podcast. (laughs) I actually was thinking about this the other day. Um, I'm actually a music teacher, 
and oh wow, NTI has been obviously kind of horrendous, but I was just thinking back to like how influenced I was by old teachers. And um, when I was nine, my first memory is being in New Orleans with a family because I'm from Louisiana, kind of. I'm an army brat, but that's, you know, kind of my biggest influence of music. I remember seeing this jazz band and this drummer and I was like, okay, that is probably one of the coolest things I think I've ever seen. Those jazz drummers. Yeah. And unbelievable. It was just an experience where I remember looking at that and thinking, wow, what a neat thing I get to see and just seeing marching bands and the parades and whatnot. So whenever I was on Fort Knox, the school system allowed you to join band when you were in fifth grade, which I think is a huge step at that age. I mean, I know not a lot of people think there's a huge difference between fifth and sixth grade, but I definitely think there is. But anyways, I immediately am drawn to whenever they say, hey, who wants to sign up for band? Immediately, I'm like, I want in the percussion section. And my mom tried to talk me out of it. And actually, I went into school the next day thinking, you know, I'm not going to be able to do it. And also, my mom was like, you know, that's kind of, I don't know if we have the money for band right now, but it's because she wanted me to play a much more expensive instrument. But anyways, next day, my dad (laughs) comes in. He comes and pays for my percussion kit. And I guess, you know, that part seems like the rest is history with how things have gone. Ended up wanting to quit band by the end of eighth grade because my band director left partway through the year. And when I went into high school, I told them I wanted it off my schedule because I wanted to move on to other things. And I was like, that's pretty geeky. And I don't want to be known as a band nerd. And the counselor said, well, you're going to have to stay in at least till Friday. So I joined marching band the next day after wanting to get out of the class. And (laughs) <laughs> Anyways, was in the drum line, went that route, went the music education route, and you know, here I am doing it as a hobby awesome. with my husband and friends. But also, I met Thomas whenever we were in band, so it's come full circle. Was he playing jazz? No, he was not. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, man, music's been uh, pretty important. Brought you all the way full circle to teaching and, and a husband. I mean, and and now into a band. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. You mentioned NTI. I'm- that's virtual instruction, and what's that look like with music? Oh, my goodness. I'm worried about where band's going to be after this, mm-hmm. just the numbers, and it's very strange. No singing in the classroom. Can't switch around instruments. So a lot of music teachers, I think, are just getting as creative as they can because they're having to cart around to classrooms with no instruments and no singing. So it's been really interesting because I feel like percussion has been, a, I guess, like a thing lately that all the music teachers are getting more into. So it's kind of a neat way to see where that all is heading, I guess. Yeah, I got a eighth grader who's in band at Lasseter right now, and it is so different. Not only is band learning an instrument, but it's having everybody to play off of and understand what that feels like and, and do all those things and have your performance halfway through the year. I mean, we I, I feel as a parent like I've missed those things. And I know as a, as a kid, he's missed. It's, it's amazing the impact that the NTI is having. It's sad. It's, I don't know how you can do it any other way, but it's just so, it's different. It's so yeah. different. Kids are missing out on a lot not being in school. Yeah. Well, the ensemble part of it and the social aspect and mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's sad, especially whenever you realize putting a date on things like that for kids makes it so special. Like 
you know, right now is the time that I'd be freaking out getting my Christmas musicals in order. <laughs> and it's just a strange feeling. Yeah, you're supposed to be more stressed now, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. <laughs> now I'm stressed about not being stressed. <laughs> so, Thomas, how about you? I had a grandmother that was huge into Elvis. That's yeah. like one of my very first music memories was her house being uh, basically a shrine to Elvis. Uh, <laughs> my My first foray into playing music was a cousin of mine left a drum set in my garage. Uh, and because he did that, I decided to go hit it. Quite enjoyed that. Same, uh, similar story to Jordan joined band as a percussionist just have played ever since. Yeah. Well, you had a real reason to stay in it. You were chasing, you know, you were chasing your wife. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, <laughs> worth noting also that I was the First chair percussionist in middle school. And Uh-oh. when we got to high school, she beat me for first chair. So that was one of our first impressions of each other. And she did. And, hey, and <laughs> Thomas, she didn't even want to be there. I, <laughs> I know. That, uh, that might be what hurts the most. <laughs> How about let's move on to Shelby. Uh, yeah, I just got uh, into playing guitar really young as a kid, like fourth or fifth grade. Uh, fell in love with it. Just uh, super influenced by like movies, like School of Rock. Huge Jack Black fan. Uh, oh, yeah. Just really expanded like uh, you know musical uh, influences from there on out. Then uh, we actually had this really interesting thing called a uh, string instrument club growing up that really helped. A it got you out of class, <laughs> and uh, B just like connected you with all your classmates who. You know, you kind of discovered that, you know, they played other instruments. There was like bands and groups formed through that. So, uh, yeah, it's just always been a, a, a love of mine growing up. That's pretty awesome. So did they have, was it all like guitar players and bass players or was it all stringed instruments? It was all string instruments. I mean, it was it was mainly uh, guitars, but I, I mean, there would be people that, uh, I remember the guy that was actually uh, brought it all together. He actually played like mandolin really well himself, and uh, there was a girl she played violin in there, but it was mostly just a bunch of guys uh, picking on uh, electric guitars and uh, acoustics. <laughs> That's just a cool concept, man. Was Cameron in that club? <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. And I actually used to bring my mandolin sometimes. That's the only, and that's the only time in my life I played the mandolin. Really, like a year in that stringed instrument club. So, oh, did, did you guys all Mr. go to the same high school, Todd. or was this college? Or yeah, we um, the four of us actually all went to the same high school. Interesting. Um, and middle school even, and our yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's Pete too. He plays bass. He's he was in marching band with Jordan. He's probably oh, going to wow. join us shortly. <laughs> so, Pete, all five of you went to the same high school. That's right. What what high school was that? Central Harden High School. Go Bruins. <laughs> You're born and bred uh, E-Town, huh? E-Town, Cecilia, Glendale. Oh, wow. That's The awesome. greater Hardin County area. So one <laughs> of the things I had down here written on my paper that I was going to ask you about was what in the world did five Bruins playing Freeman Lake Rock mean? But I guess so now, not, now I know the Bruins the piece because that's, uh, that's Central Harden High School, correct? That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> So I think I saw that on maybe your band camp page, Five Bruins playing Freeman Lake Rock. Yeah, so that's kind of just uh, been our motto lately that we've been owning right now. I love it. <laughs> we were trying to figure out the genre and 
somebody said, wouldn't it just be funny if it was Freeman Lake Rock? And then we all were like, yes. <laughs> Freeman Lake is is uh, the focal body of water for Elizabethtown, for those yeah. who do not know. Oh, okay. It's okay. our nice, know uh, yeah. you know, we got ducks and trails and volleyball courts, et cetera. All right. Freeman Lake Rocks. You're great in a new genre. As I love it. When I was listening, I was going, what do you call, what do you call it? What, what is, what is it influenced by? Water is a huge influence. <laughs> okay. Go we on. love to drink seltzer water. Yeah. We love uh, surf rock music. Okay. Southern rock. You know, there's a lot of water and rivers in the south. You also had to know that he was Ponds. going to reference a LaCroix in some weird way. <laughs> <laughs> That's his thing. Hey, we drink those around here, hey, too. I, I have to admit, I'm, I think I'm maybe addicted to seltzer water. It's not a bad addiction. There's What's y'all's favorite flavor? I really I like I'm, I like the citrusy ones. I like mango. Well, mango's not I was going to say. Yeah, mango is the best. Any Sorry. lemon lime's good with me on any seltzer water. And then I also like those ones that are soda flavored, like the uh, root beer and oh, yeah. Dr. Pepper. And They're interesting. Yeah. You feel like you're doing something bad, but you're actually <laughs> doing something good. <laughs> the Dr. Away Pepper with it. ones that were freaky at how much they taste like Dr. Pepper. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you can't find them, though. I found them once, the Dr. Pepper ones. Isn't that like a Kroger brand or something? I got the oh, Kroger yeah, it's brand. it's the Kroger, baby. Yeah. yeah. Oh, snap. They must have like 23 flavors of something. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> It's just got yeah, a hint no, of the doctor. Coming. It's all you need. Yeah. It's like uh, it's like med school pepper. <laughs> so you guys are the first band. Come on, has- man! You didn't even <laughs> laugh at that. That was funny. <laughs> we're laughing. We just went on. The I know, man. I'm just looking at him, and he didn't. He's like, "Let's move on." <laughs> hey, they're doing that to me right now. Which, if I can just make a side note, um, Shelby was in a band and said, played Neil, the trumpet. I gotta admit, <laughs> and I just needed to say that before we move on. Let's and say it again, Jordan. I'm offended that Shelby. Did not mention that he was also in band and played trumpet for a couple of years. This band is ridiculous, man. You all can all do everything. Do you still play trumpet? I mean, I dabble. (laughs) (laughs) I I should make them. I'm going to go get my little sister's trumpet. Uh, Bass player Pete also. Bass player Pete. He was an exceptional saxophone player um, and (laughs) actually only played saxophone when he joined the band and picked up bass as we went along. So Very Gemma well, sits down actually. with a song, and the first thing they have to decide, okay, what instruments are we going to play in this one? Yeah, what's this, <laughs> what's this one called for? I think that's been more recently. We've just, I've been more comfortable being vulnerable around them with things that I can't play as well. So, Yeah, when it first started, like when the five of us really first started playing together, everything was like so structured because we were kind of teaching everybody up the rest of the songs and the, and the set list. But now that we've, that we're all writing and collaborating together. It's we're, we're a lot more comfortable, like Jordan was saying, uh, kind of swapping instruments. Like I'll jump over on the on the keys, or, or Jordan will jump on the drum set. Uh, and don't you think part of that is also from your all's background? You got five people that are have they've grown up together playing music, but in such a structured manner that 
that's kind of hard to get out of until you can find a fi- kind of figure out what your groove is and, and you can finally be vulnerable in other instruments and do those other things. I mean, because I think a lot of that's probably just you You guys were so used to having to have some form of structure and pace and timing and this is where we got to be in. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that that's a huge part of it and having the time to practice also, you know, on our own and come to each other with new ideas and whatnot and having more free time, I think plays into it so what point did you guys decide that you were going to start this band Gemma and tell us about Gemma yeah the name okay the house I grew up in my name is Cameron hi Cameron um <laughs> in case I didn't know we passed that yeah. over um so the house I grew over. up we in was, to go back to Cameron. was on a Gemma circle Okay. And so that's the name Shelby and I used to play in the garage actually two different garages located on Gemma Circle. And so we just started calling the band Gemma. Well, Cameron, since we skipped over you. Yeah, sorry about that, Cameron. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, no, I didn't mean to sound like that. No, man, no, you're right, though. <laughs> so tell us about how you got started in music and how all that ended up becoming the the uh, thing that happened on Gemma. Gemma Circle. Gemma Circle. Um, my dad played guitar around the house. I started playing guitar. My mom was very, uh, she let me do a lot of artistic stuff. She really pushed that in the house. So I started playing guitar. I met Shelby at the Stringed Instrument Club. We started playing guitar. How old were you when you started playing? 13. Did your dad play a lot? Yeah, he was always just noodling around the house. So very big influence there. Big shout out, Jim Chaney. See, I've got a buddy that, that resisted for years playing and I think it was because his dad played and then he finally picked it up and he, when he did he became like a wizard at it, at it real quick did it come to you real quick could you hear things pretty naturally because of hearing the guitar across? no definitely not um, I feel like I don't really have a great ear for music I just really like rock music so I try to play as much as possible but I don't I feel like it was not a natural thing it took a long time before I felt like very confident at all as a guitar player so just practice practice work 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 yeah, and mostly because I like to play with these guys. We glossed over something, and if Pete joins us, I guess we we can bring it up. But Pete joined the band as a saxophone player, and then learned to play the bass. To play the bass, or just decided to flip over to the bass. Well, essentially, Gemma at the time did not require a saxophone, but <laughs> did require a bass. Well, not only that, though, his saxophone was broken. Remember, like, all the keys were going to have to get replaced. So, so. there was two pretty large <laughs> factors. <laughs> yeah. It's like, not. hey, uh, Pete, there's a bass over in the corner, man. Just you want to. Damn it, Pete, your sax doesn't yeah. work. You're going to have to play something else. He's so quiet and reserved that he just goes with the flow, you know, and he's uh, over there, like, I don't know what I'm doing. And it's like, it's fine. And he figured it out really well. That's awesome. <laughs> so, when did these, uh, practices on Gemma Circle start happening as a as a band. And has the band all been the same from the beginning or has it changed or is it mostly the same nucleus? Uh it's changed quite a bit over the years. Honestly, like Cam and I've been releasing stuff under the name Gemma for years leading up to this. But basically I I think what it's basically Cam and I have been at the core of it uh, at the very beginning, and but around what was it like 2018? 
2017, all these guys ended up getting together with being uh, Jordan, Thomas, Pete. And uh, that's when, well, I mean, these guys can go into it about kind of the story, how they got roped into Gemma, essentially. <laughs> but it, it was basically there, you know, we had a show booked and we had these songs and we needed to get a band together to play the show. Also, we were all good. We were all good friends in high school. We knew each other playing on the football team and just being in, you know, being around from the same town. So finally one day we were just like, oh, you know, we all play. We all play. We should play together. Funny enough, I remember seeing Cam, I don't know, at a party when we were in our early 20s. And I think that maybe we were still in college at the time. But anyways, he was like, hey, I've got this band. Like, you play drums. We should jam sometime. And I'm like, yeah, that'd be cool. But not really thinking it meant he was writing his own music. I mean, because at that time it was just a lot of people that wanted to play cover bands and I wasn't interested in that. Um, on a side note, I was actually in a, I guess this is kind of embarrassing to say sometimes just because it was so cheesy, but a Christian rock band when I was uh, Praise God. in college. And it was a cool aspect that we Not embarrassing. Well, no, 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 no. I'm talking about the music and the... Aesthetics yeah, of the, it was kind of well, lame. The music, but we played at Ichthus, the Christian music festival in Kentucky. So that's a huge festival. Yeah, it, it was uh, kind of a surreal experience. But Ham, essentially, I guess, just it's like, hey, does anybody ever want to come over and jam? And at the time, I just remember I didn't have anything going on that week because Thomas was out of town and. I was like, you know, that'd be kind of nice to just get to go play music because as a music teacher, I never get to play. You know, it's not the same anyway. But um, anyways, I go over and I was like, man, that was really enjoyable. That kind of broke up my work week, which at the time I'm working 80 hours a week because I'm also, I have private lessons. I teach marching band in middle school. So um, I go over there. It was fun, and he's recording all the practices, and I remember thinking that was extremely strange <laughs> at the time. Um, you know, he'd send it to us, and I, I would go back and listen, and some of it made me cringe to death, um, but I think that's how you learn the most, and it just became something that was fun to think about and to be creative with. So Thomas and I are jamming over there, and Shelby is in the mix, and I don't really know Shelby that well. I mean, we went to the same high school, but we didn't really know of each other, so just meeting him. And uh, next thing you know, Cam had booked a show at a local brewery. Oh, Flywheel. Mm -hmm. They're true to our heart. You know, first people gave us a chance, I guess, before we, we even knew we were a band. And uh, he's like, hey, I kind of booked this gig. I hope that's okay. And we're like, what? And I guess that was how he wanted to segue into... Please drink their beer right now. They need you. Please oh, no. get you a growler, fill up. That was really nice of you. For sure. So, anyways, we end up uh, having a house show in Cam's basement, which was kind of neat just to see how our friends reacted to it and whatnot. But Jordan uh, glossed quickly over the fact that the first time she went and jammed at Cam's, she was playing drums. I was wondering. So, the first time we went there together, Cam had a keyboard, but only one drum set, and I can't play keys. Uh, so Jordan moved over to the keys. I got on the drums, and then it stayed that way for a pretty long time. Revenge. Uh, took first chair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, out of lack of options, I took the drums. <laughs> well, and then I guess that segues into um, 
what we've been doing more recently. Um, I write, I guess, backing tracks for kids' songs. And I've always had like a little home studio. And then over quarantine, I decided, hey, why not invest more money in making a home studio, at least even if it's just for the band. So we've been practicing, you know, all plugged in and mixing as we go. And so it's been like a new hobby of mine. So I'm not the best at it, just as another side note, but dabbling in it. I'd like to announce that Pete has has uh, entered the building. Pete, Pete, the sax bass player. Welcome, Pete. Hello. Nice to meet you. He sounds like a bass player. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Perfect. <laughs> What's up, Pete? Hey, Pete, we, we all know the bass player is always either the coolest guy in the band or the nerdiest guy in the band. It's one or the other. No, it's always the coolest. <laughs> Even the Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean... Isn't being nerdy cool now, though? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I sure hope so. so. I guess I'm Always maybe the nerdiest man. and the coolest. I don't know. <laughs> I think you are the coolest. I do. You're I cooler than cool. You're ice cold. Ice cold. All right. Well, welcome, Pete. And you guys you, said this all started in 2000. What was it? 18, 18 when they all got together. You guys jumped right into Cigarette Sun Dream then, right? Yes. Um, we recorded that on our iPhones in like 2016, maybe. What? Just me and Shelby. And then we did, then we re-recorded it at Dead Bird Studio. So shout out to David Chael. Awesome guy. But we wrote a bunch of those songs. Some of those even go back from the days when we played together in high school. And then finally, one day we're just like, hey, we're going to try to record this stuff and had a lot of fun. And uh, basically it was a way for us to show to Jordan and Thomas that we actually made like our own music and then that was what got them to they're like, Oh yeah, this sounds pretty cool. So they played with us. After we had to that. show them we were, they were, we were actually serious about it. <laughs> so that first cigarette sun dream recording in 2018 was recorded on an iPhone. No, that's 16. Yeah. It's listed as 2018 on, on Bandcamp. I was looking at, uh, I, was, I was wondering why there were two. And then the second was at dead bird. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. The 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 one that was originally posted on there that uh, was all recorded with like iPhones and then the second one, the live at Deadbird, was recorded at Deadbird Studios in Louisville, Kentucky. Well, let's listen to one off Cigarette Sundream. We have is it pronounced Ottowick? Odiewick. Odiewick. And Odie. I, and that I see that's all caps. Is that an acronym for something? Those are our band secrets that will always <laughs> remain our band. Oh, you can't tell us about that, huh? Perfect. It, it's it's only take it when I'm cold. He says it in the song a few times. <laughs> you just ruined a thing that could have been a thing. <laughs> and we could have kept a mystery if anybody ever cared. I don't know if I ever would have put it together either. It's about chapstick. <laughs> it's about chapstick. Okay. Anything else before we listen to it? We learned a lot yeah, about this song. That's it. <laughs> Okay.
I love that. So you guys got a really cool vibe. I guess Shelby and Cameron, had, what were you guys, you know, other than water and seltzer water, what, what, <laughs> what were your influences that kind of led you to this sound you have as Gemma? Honestly, it's more like experiences than it is like just other bands that influence Gemma's music is what I feel like. Um, like going to music festivals, like when we first went to Bonner, that was a huge changing thing and like seeing all these great bands live and like how they shape their music was a huge influence on us so what are some of the like biggest influences musically for you guys like collectively or individually or both i'll say this like growing up my dad always played two cassettes in the van and one was a uh, weezer's blue album and the other was led zeppelin two uh great two albums to be playing man that's a, those are my biggest, probably. I mean, not that I would, you know, it's just like, it, as for as far as wanting to make me play music. Oh, yeah. I could imagine, because both of those, especially so guitar-driven. and, and I, Shelby oh, yeah. said something earlier, too, about School of Rock. And yeah. I think that hit when we were in middle school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the soundtrack for that movie and the... Uh, the attitude behind that movie. Shelby was, you know, it always sounds like a joke when you say that, but it's true. Like, we all wanted to be Jack Black or those kids when that movie came out. Mm -hmm. So another thing I had here to ask you guys about was the uh, album artwork. Got to be a story behind that. Uh, My brother, Phil Chaney, does most of the artwork. Huge shout out to him. He's um, just a great artist. He likes to draw like horror images and zombies and sci-fi stuff. And um, it just looks cool. So we love to use it as much as we possibly can. That's, that's Okay, awesome. so those are sketches of his on the on the Cigarette Sun Dream? Yes. Um, Cigarette Sun Dream. He did our cover, uh, Home Here Now. Mm. Our newest single, Pond Water. He did that. Um, Catfish oh, on wow, that. That is cool. That, that Pond Water is, is uh, really cool. Well, thank you. I'm gonna, all cool. I'll tell him to listen to that. Palmer looks like a cool oh. tattoo. Yeah, uh, he did a guy's tattoo once. I mean, he didn't do the tattoo, but he drew a little pistol at like just kind of a doodle. And it happened to be at Freeman Lake. He drew it and this guy, he worked there. And this guy picked it up and got it tattooed on his body. Another guy he worked with. So <laughs> shout out to Freeman. That's Freeman Lake Rock. Did he get it on his waistline, like where his hip is? You know that one? <laughs> uh, I think... It was on a bicep, maybe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the artwork, man. I love the artwork. The artwork is awesome on all on all your all stuff. Because that, you know, it ends up being that that's one of the hardest things. You, you have the album and you love the music and then you go, oh, now what? <laughs> it's nice to have oh, a, yeah. an artist brother. <laughs> it's a little, like, nice in a way to be able to just kind of hand that off to somebody and just know that they're going to do an amazing job with Whatever it is, whatever concept we give them, like Phil's always been amazing at whatever he turns out. Mm. So when you guys started working on Home Here Now, did everyone contribute to the writing there? Because I'm assuming that Cigarette Sun Dream, if that was written before the five of you were really Gemma, that Shelby and Cameron did most of the writing on that. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. What does songwriting look like in the band now? How's that grown? Night and day difference. I guess, um, honestly, from from when that was recorded to what we do now is completely different. Like in the first couple songs that we've released this year, like I don't even sing in any of them. So it's just we've done it. We 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 do it with a complete 
different approach now. That's got to pull you guys together as as members of the unit too. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think for me, it's having free time that I didn't have before. And also on a side note, I think that one huge problem I have even with going to music school is there's not enough time to improv unless you do something like jazz band. But even then, you know, it's kind of limited to where you're at. And uh, just to have that time to experiment and try things together and know that it doesn't matter if it doesn't sound okay. It's putting it out there, I think is a big thing. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, you have the ability when you guys do get together to record everything you're doing and, and listen back and not necessarily nitpick, but like grab pieces of things. Say, well, the song doesn't work, but I like, let's listen, listen how cool this piece is. Have you found yourself doing that when you're going over some of the stuff you've been doing during the quarantine periods? Definitely. Since we started playing together, one of the huge things that has helped us out is recording everything that we're doing. You know, we all have careers, so it's not like we're living in a house together making music. We're all doing stuff and getting together when we can. But having those recordings is huge because we can listen to it in our free time and come back with ideas or parts or whatever. Uh, so to put a bow on the original question you asked, Cigarette Sundream, they basically gave us the EP they recorded we listened to it and learned those parts and played them home here. Now, most of the songwriting was still stuff that Cam and Shelby had worked on uh, as a duo before we all got there, but they had never really fleshed them out. So we all wrote our own parts. You know, that is where it started to become more collaborative. Uh, and then we're working on the new album. Now, the last two songs uh, that we sent to you guys that are newly released, you know, everything's completely different, but we still record and listen back a lot. Yeah, let's go ahead and listen to, we've got rats from home here now. We'll listen to a little bit of that, and then we'll come back and talk about the new singles, the the two singles, which it sounds like you guys are going to either keep working at that for uh, either an EP or a full album. What's the long-term plan there? Yeah, we have an, um, about 10 songs that we want to, just. we're just kind of releasing them as we put them out, and then they'll collectively be in an album with maybe a couple other little surprises. So I think that's the way to do it anymore. Why not release every single song individually? Let them have their own rollout. Release. I think that's the best way to do it, man. Yeah. Some of it too is going to be just learning how to mix. And, you know, by the end of it, if we still don't like that, then we can always seek out somebody helping us with that process. But kind of curious to see what we can sound like and over a time span. I got two questions, kind of. No, you want listen, listen, yeah, let's listen to listen to Rats from Home Here Now. You, you guys want to tell us anything about, about this song before we listen to a bit of it? Yeah, it used to be called Star, and I'm kind of still upset about it, but it's fine. That's it. <laughs> Turned it around. <laughs> this also was the first song uh, where Jordan did vocals. You know, it was one of the first instrumentation switch-ups. Oh, cool. Who decided to flip from Star to Rats? That happened on a set list or something. It's the balloons in Cam's basement for when it said congrats. Cam uploaded the whole album on a secret SoundCloud account and wrote the names of all the songs backwards. And <laughs> when we were listening to Star, it said rats. And we were like, we kind of like that name better. Everyone but Jordan. I was going to say, I bet it was like four to one boat. <laughs> yeah. Okay. They say the balloons came after, but then in his basement, it just said rats. And then it 
just they rubbed it in even more. So then we had to change the name. <laughs> okay, here is Gemma Rats, previously known as Star. <laughs> Enjoy. guys record that uh that was recorded at dead bird studios also we actually recorded that cigarette sun dream live at dead bird and home here now in uh, about a day and a half oh wow <laughs> no kidding <laughs> 20 hours total of recording studio time 20 yes wow how many songs 16 wow <laughs> well done so you guys did mostly live recording in there Yep, and we uh, paid for it all with our paper route. <laughs> <laughs> well the, done, kids. Chum change from uh, bars where they're like, hey, uh, here's $8. Uh, I know last time we were able to give you 15 and they look at you like you're going to be really upset. And you're like, it's cool. I'll just take this and my free drink tickets and I'm happy. Hey, Amen. As long as the free drink tickets are involved. If a meal's involved, it's even better, but we'll take your $8. Yeah. <laughs> what I've always kind of had uh, issues with in in bands uh, is if you write a song and you send it to people, they don't listen. That does not happen in a band of uh, musicians that have always been in bands, does it? Do you guys pay extra attention to those recordings from practices specifically to get better and improve and learn the songs? Does everybody take that seriously? For sure. A hundred percent. But funny you should ask that first question. I've sent things to Shelby before and Cam and then oh, they didn't respond. And it's when I first did it. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I guess I'm not good at this. They think it's dumb. And then I go back and listen and be like, this gut does kind of sound stupid. And that would be a nice way to let somebody down. So we've come a long way since then. But <laughs> and I know we're very it, direct now. He he's gonna call me out for doing the same thing. Because she does this same. But I was trying to beat him to it to explain myself. (laughs) Trying to beat him to it, just as she said. No 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 no. Over one time. No. And you text me. We'll move on. 
<laughs> well, you send somebody something, you'd like to get a response pretty quickly. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's a scary it's proposition. It's a big running joke now. <laughs> it's so important, especially when you, you've talked about everybody has a career, everybody has their things that they got to do. So when you do get those times carved out to get together, when everybody knows their part, it's like, ah, oh, what a breath of fresh air. That and coming up with different parts and going back and listening to it. And even something that I found interesting lately is uh, Cam will have these open gym, as he's been calling it, at his house where whoever that just wants to come jam can come jam. And it's just been so far me, Cam, and another person, like just random trios. But I think going back and listening to the different things we've come up with, like there's one day we were just playing around with maybe jazz or playing around with blues or I might put a hip hop beat in the middle of what they're playing and just kind of play around with genres and different kind of like fusion music Hmm. of sorts. Going into these last couple of singles that you guys are uh, releasing, uh, Pond Water and Mirror Boy. How's that looked in the new age of coronavirus and everything digital? And have you all been able to carve out any type of space in that platform to get it out there at all? Really, the 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 way that we've made the best out of this entire time is getting is being able to get together on a regular basis and create music together. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really, you know, since we're not able to play shows or, uh, you know, travel anywhere we're we're just able to um really focus on building out the studio uh getting our sound uh, together uh, and getting comfortable actually recording live um so it's been a really fun journey uh it's i certainly haven't put as much work in it as most of the people in this group so (laughs) (laughs) like it's been a really fun ride for me i'm sure it's been very stressful for some but like i'm so (laughs) proud of like the work that everybody's done because honestly like I think that what we're releasing now is like the best things we've ever done. And it's just, it's really fun. Those are the two most important things. Number one, yeah, that it's fun. fun. But yeah, 100% you, agree. Yeah. And when you think that you're, or when you feel as a group that you're putting out your best stuff every time, you know you're evolving, you know you're getting better, you know you're setting the bar higher, which is always uh, admirable. Let's talk about Mirror Boy. Okay. We have a game, though, that um, we play with that song. Uh oh. Uh oh. All right. Before uh, Jordan talks about it, you guys have to guess what you think a mirror boy is. A dude that looks at himself all the time. But should we let him listen first? Are you saying first? Was I right? Was I on the track? Somebody just loves himself way too much, looks at himself. Every time they walk by a window, they can't help but look at themselves. No. (laughs) But I really, those are some deep answers. I should just start stealing everybody else's interpretations. (laughs) (laughs) All right, now we got to listen and then guess, and then if we're still wrong, you got to tell so us. So, Jordan, did you come okay. to the band with the roots of Mirror Boy? Did you start that song? Yeah, I'm still coming to terms with it, but <laughs> they're they're helping push that. Side it's amazing. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Just go easy on my uh, oh my very very amateur mixing skills. That's why oh, I no, don't. No, 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 we're gonna be real critical. Okay, this is where we get critical. <laughs> I'm trying to work on it.
Kenyo, you have it all figured out? Nope. My guess was my guess. All right, explain. Is it deeper boy. than that? It's got it's got to be deeper than that. Okay, so first off, they're all gonna make sure that deeper and deeper. Okay, shut up. So later, you've got to listen to the end because that's the part that actually totally shreds oh. when we go into half. Or I mean, yeah, double time. It's about just having to be around people in a setting where you have to show a certain part of yourself, but it seems like other people are always hesitant to show, I guess, who they really are, and they just kind of mirror the people around them. But in some ways, we're all kind of a mirror boy yeah, <laughs> with like having to go to work. It's about and, the human condition. You know, yeah. yeah. And it so, wasn't deep at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Wow! No, I was way off. Really? No, you weren't. You weren't off. Man, so, yeah, yeah, you are. That's well, that's that's off. That's uh, intense. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. I think. Yeah, <laughs> no, I like it. it's good. <laughs> I heard something the other day, and this I, it, it, somebody's like, "Man, music's too happy. It's stupid. It's it's all just <laughs> there's no reality in music these days." And it's like. Yeah. Uh, you need some uh, people have referred to our music as goth country before. <laughs> no, no one has actually done that, but yes, I agree with you. That's why I like to throw some, you know, major sevenths in there and change it up. <laughs> Love it. Neil, just make a little side note that yeah. later in our own time, I want to talk to you about littlekidsrock.org instead let's of middle school. Now. Yeah, let's talk, oh. let's talk about it. They're all giving me a look, so that's why I wanted to No, I like it. Let's go. Okay, this is cool. important. All right. I think going off what I said about not having enough opportunity to improv, I think that I got a lot better at music, at least drum set, when I was on a praise team in high school, which Shelby and Cam also were, so I have like a my own theory about that. And also, <laughs> last summer, I was, I guess, trained in a music pedagogy that there's a three year training for it and it has a lot to do with using pentatonic scales and improv and kind of meeting kids where they're at and don't try to stress them out about having to read music. So the whole idea is you're having them improv. So my little ensemble with xylophones, I'm just like thinking through these things and uh, I started applying that to other instruments and just realized how much more comfortable beginners are, adults and kids. Um, whenever you can you know, okay, here's three chords, but here are the rules of the notes you're allowed to hit without going into too much explanation. Like, this is how you read chords and this is music theory. But I found this resource that's helped a lot called littlekidsrock.org about it's people that believe that all kids and people should have opportunities to music instruction and music lessons. And it shouldn't be just because you have money and they know there's a lot of programs that are cutting their music programs. So mm -hmm. anyways, it's got, you know, songwriting on there, ukulele, bass, guitar, singing, all of these different um, aspects to music, music uh, technology, and all these videos of these people just donating their time and putting out all these awesome resources. So 
I really hope that modern band training, I was going to actually get trained in it this, you know, past spring before COVID shut down the world, but it's basically a class where you may not have all the same instrumentation. Maybe it's ukulele, a guitar, and maybe a trumpet. And Mm -hmm. you're going to take those kids and meet them where they're at. And you create a band class with full curriculum and pacing for students like that instead of, you know, just taking, which I'm not saying just taking band. I mean, that's great, obviously, too. But, you know, for the different types of musicians and whatnot. That's awesome. Littlekidsrock.org. Yeah, you should check. Is that this out. the same organization that you 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 said you wrote or are currently writing backing tracks for children's songs? Is that part of this? Um, I am trying to be an advocate just for popular music education. Um, the thing that I went to last summer, I ended up going because there's this uh, professor. Shout out to Dr. Martina Vassell at UK. Um, she started going to these conferences when it was the Popular Music Education Association. They just started it, I guess, I want to say 2013 or 14 when there's 20 people there and they've grown it to actually having this conference in another country. And they're trying to provide resources for, you know, places that don't have money or different types of music education, just being an advocate for meeting kids in the middle. So that kind of segued me into quit teaching marching band and start, you know, trying to start up things. I started up a community group with steel drums for little kids and start writing backing tracks for that. But without getting too far off track, just I went into it with the idea to meet kids where they're at rather than trying to make them read sheet music and feel like they have to push themselves like that or they're not very good at it. And I don't, I, I hate seeing that happen to kids in band programs where they do have a lot of talent. Yeah, that can be real discouraging real quick if you if you think eh, this just doesn't work for me. But to that's a pretty cool concept. That's a, such a cool concept because that's exactly what drove me away from the guitar is learning twinkle, the twinkle twinkle, little, twinkle star. little star. Here's this note here instead of saying what do you want to play and then it loses kids in the heartbeat. It really does and people for that matter. I mean, for me, like going to that training last summer it was uncomfortable for a lot of us, even like the classically trained musicians for them to say, make up whatever you want on this pentatonic scale. You need to end on dough. So we're sitting there being like, okay, we should know what that is. Looking at this children's instrument and they expect you to have that musicianship so that you can teach kids in a comfortable setting. And in a lot of ways, you know, just musicians. Sounds really, really awesome. We're going to close the podcast with pond water. And uh, before we get into that, though, if people want to follow Gemma, and I know, you know, there's not live music going on now, but if people want to get closer to your band, listen to your music, where where can they find you on the socials and things? GemmaBandOfficial.com, GemmaBandOfficial on Instagram, GemmaBandOfficial on Facebook, GemmaBandOfficial on Twitter. Uh, we're on Bandcamp, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal. Deezer. The list goes on. YouTube, Deezer. I believe. That's true. We we have found the easiest way to find us on Spotify is to search the name of the album, Home Here Now. There's a competition for the name Gemma in some instances. So Pondwater, who, uh, how did Pondwater develop? Pondwater was originally a 
much slower song. One day I was kind of like, hey, I think we should play it fast. Um, where I made a little demo at the house of us doing it really fast. Then all of a sudden it sounded like a surf rock song. And since we live in Kentucky and there's not really oceans, you know, that, that goes back to that water thing. Our surf rock would be Freeman Lake, I guess. <laughs> so Pond. It's uh, basically a rip off of uh, Beach Boys, even though it doesn't sound anything like it. It's about summer and it it's surf rock. Kind of made me feel uh, feel Pulp Fiction. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I love that movie. Oh, there's, there's, <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Great movie. Oh, and the keyboard sound is surf organ. Literally, it says surf organ. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's <right>. awesome. <laughs> well, we appreciate you guys uh, joining us tonight, and it's been great talking to you. And we're going to go out with Pond Water. Hey, we'll thank you guys, guys next week. So much. Thank Keep you. Keep on guys. rocking in the free world, guys. Hey, huge <laughs> shout out to the First Christian Church Band <laughs> and my fiance, Brendan. <laughs> Shout out to my sister's dog, Winston. <laughs> keep it going, keep it going. All right, here's Pond Water. <laughs>